everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. The RV is heading to New Hampshire to talk with Nina Kokoran. Nina is the author of the books, He Loves Me Not, and Things I Didn't Learn in School. Nina is also a survivor of domestic violence and sexual assault. So welcome, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Sure. And Nina, you are a mother of two kids and two dogs. Being a mother and writer is challenging, yeah? Sometimes. How do you manage it without going nuts? Well, sometimes I have to go a little nuts, I think, to, to manage it. But for the most part, it's just a, a good balance of fun and telling, telling people I need quiet. <laughs> go outside, I need some quiet. <laughs> and what about the dogs? They need to take them with them. <laughs> okay. I think I would go crazy. And Nina, you've just published a novel called He Loves Me Not. Can you tell us why you chose this title? Uh, yeah. So remember when you were little and you had the flowers and you'd pull the petals off like he loves me, he loves me not. Um I can remember doing that and it just really resonated with me. And part of what I'm writing about in this book is figuring out that whole what love actually is. And this is one of those situations where they, the main character thinks she's in love, but it's not such a healthy relationship. So she really has to realize that difference. And so that's the he loves me not part. Okay, understood. What is this book about? Of course, it's about love, but there are many other things, I'm sure. Yes. So this book actually follows my main character, Sasha, and she's having her very first kind of high school serious relationship. She hasn't had any other boyfriends in the past, and she's really figuring out what a relationship really is and what it means to be with somebody else. And unfortunately, because she has no other experiences to compare it to that, this relationship that she ends up in is not a very healthy relationship. There's a lot of red flags and a lot of toxic traits, but because nobody's taught her and nobody, um, she's got nothing, no other relationships to compare it to, she doesn't recognize those traits. And so she really gets involved in this very toxic relationship and it kind of spirals out of control on her and her whole world sort of become revolving around this boy and how she can keep him happy. And so we kind of follow that spiral down into that unhealthy relationship. And you are also a former police officer. Why do you think, Nina, that abuse among teenagers is growing? I think a couple of reasons play into that a lot. I think one of the reasons is we don't talk about it. We, you know, as adults, we're not comfortable talking about abuse and we're not talking comfortable talking about sexual relationships and things like that with each other. So 
adults aren't comfortable talking about it with kids and kids don't talk about it with each other. So they have no place to share that or ask questions or feel comfortable talking about these types of topics. So the first, that's that first part. They've got no education surrounding it. And the second part is, I think, one of the excuses that adults use is that those kid relationships are not serious, that there's, you know, nothing, nothing serious is happening in those relationships. So they don't have to take them seriously. And we don't have to talk about the serious topics because they're just puppy love and, you know, in kid stuff. When in reality, those relationships, those first couple relationships, your first love, those high school romances, that's what you build the foundation of your future relationships on top of. So those, even if that's not the person you're going to live with forever and you're going to marry, that relationship, that not serious puppy love relationship is the foundation for whatever relationship you end up in when you do get married. So it is an important thing. And so I think those two things, those that fear of taking it seriously and the fear of talking about it is really what plays into we're not educating them so that they end up in these relationships without knowing. I remember that there were some cases when my daughter was a teenager. She was complaining that some of her friends stopped going out with her and she did not understand why. Then she realized that it was because of their friends' boyfriends were controlling them and not letting them go out alone. So this is a kind of uh, abuse. Yeah, that's control. That's, it's, that's emotional control. Exactly. And we all know that domestic abuse is a serious issue that impacts people of all genders. Absolutely. And people don't intentionally enter into abusive relationships. It's something that appears over time. Yeah, nobody knows that oh, this guy is going or this girl is abusive. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, how can we identify that we are entering into a toxic relationship? What are the warning signs of an abusive relationship? Yeah, so in a healthy relationship, that person should be making you feel good. You should feel supported. You should feel loved. You should just, every interaction, you should leave feeling good after those interactions. In an unhealthy relationship, in a toxic relationship, and eventually into abusive relationships, you don't have that feeling after every interaction. That's not to say you don't have some interactions where you feel good, because abusive relationships, there are still good times. And that's, that's the problem is we use those good times to justify the bad times. But in an unhealthy and a toxic relationship, there's going to be those times where you feel belittled. There's going to be those times where you feel confused about whether or not the person's mad at you or what. You're going to feel, you're just going to feel heavy sometimes, like your emotions are just all over the place. Those feelings aren't normal in a healthy relationship. Yes, everybody fights at some point and there's going to be an argument or two, but when you're walking away feeling like things are your fault and things are, things are, you personally feel badly about yourself, that's not a good sign. Those are definite signs of emotional abuse because it's that, that manipulation on yourself, on what you think of yourself that starts to become very degrading over time. And 
it is hard to recognize because it ha it's very covert. It happens under the surface and it's not, it's not going to be with the bright, bright red flag that we expected to have with the neon sign, you know, it happens subtly and it can happen so slowly over time that it just starts to build on itself. And, it, and you can actually get to the point where you have trouble picking out individual things, but you know, you have that feeling. That's what you're watching for is that feeling in yourself, not so much individual actions. That's true. Emotional abuse is as harmful as physical abuse. Hmm? Absolutely. Absolutely. It often coexists with other forms of abuse, and it's the most difficult to identify. Hmm? Yes, yes. And what advice would you give to someone that's being emotionally abused? So I suffered emotional abuse for many, many years without realizing it because it is, it's difficult to see and it's easy to justify away. It's easy to try to convince yourself that you're either wrong or that you don't know, you, you're not seeing it right. And that's often part of what your, the abusive partner might be doing as well. Like they might be conditioning you to treat, to argue that in their favor as well. And that's when those feelings, you have to be able to trust your feelings. And one thing that I started to do is I started to write things down that my partner would say. And because I was trying to make sure that I was processing everything correctly, because I got to the point where I couldn't trust my own self. I was starting to believe that I was going crazy. And so when he would say something and I would be like, I don't remember that happening that way, I would, I started making notes and it, it was so bad that I even wouldn't trust my notes. Sometimes I'd be like, well, I must've written it down wrong. And in reality, that was not the case. I was being, I was experiencing gaslighting very seriously, but those emotions of just constantly feeling like there was something wrong with me. It was my fault. It was, it was that I was the issue in my relationship. And so I would, my mental health was really suffering. That is a huge indicator when your mental health and you start to feel like you just wake up every day and, and you're just miserable, that's a, that should be your biggest flag. Because even if you haven't recognized the signs of, of it being your partner is the issue, you should realize that you weren't always like that. Something has changed. And so for me, I had to recognize that, that, that my mental health was struggling. And then you have to, once you recognize it, you have to take the steps to, to change something. And so whether that's finding someone to talk to or finding a support system or leaving your relationship, you, you need to take care of yourself. And it's hard for us to do that because we want to fix other people before we want to fix ourselves. And I think that was part of the issue as is I was constantly trying to fix him instead of fix me. And at that point, there was no fixing, there was no changing him. All I could do was me. It's amazing because I was reading about it today and I read that domestic violence myth number one is, if you change, the other person will change. No way. Nope. No, it doesn't matter how much you wish it away or love, love the other person, you can't change them. And 
even when they tell you, I'm going to change, I'm going to do this differently, if they don't really want to, they're not going to. And in most cases, I think that's the truth is they say what you want to hear so that you'll, you know, hang on that a little bit longer and, and, but you can't change them. You also published the book, Things I Didn't Learn in School. Yes, I just published that one. Can you tell our listeners at least three things you did not learn in the school that you should have learned? Absolutely. Well, number one, I did not learn what a toxic relationship was. So I definitely should have learned that. Um, number two, I did not learn how to use a credit card. And so I share a story in there about how I really was convinced that credit cards were just this magic money that appeared out of nowhere and um, that you never had to pay back. So um, I did get myself into some issues when I first um, moved out. So there's a little bit of a lesson in there about, um, about money and credit card use. And I, on the same topic, I shared a second story in there with, uh, on money because I feel like I was taught that, you know, you don't talk about money. You don't tell other people what, what you make for a salary. Like it's this big, rude, off topic kind of thing. And because of that, I was working for years and um, found out that the man who was hired at the exact same time as me, who was actually not as qualified as I was, was making 50 cents more an hour than I was. And so I share that story in there and how I went about fixing that. And it was, and the whole point behind that story is there is nothing wrong with talking about money. Whoever is telling you that that's rude and, you know, something that we shouldn't do is just trying to prevent you from finding mistakes like that. So um, learn how to use money and how to manage your money. And then don't be afraid to talk about it because these things do happen. And the only way you find out about them is when you're talking about it. So those are some, those are some of the, each, each um, chapter of the book is just some little stories and things of different lessons that I learned the hard way. And so I'm trying to share them so that other people may learn them a little bit easier than I had to. I have to buy this book to my daughter. So... <laughs> And what prompted you to write this book? It is to show that there are many aspects of life that can be learned only by experience and not only through theory. I think that, you know, I really thought that the whole point of school was to prepare me for the rest of my life. And I consider myself a very educated woman. I've, I have two separate master's degrees. I, you know, spent a lot of money on my education and yeah, it taught me a couple things, but there's a lot of life that I did not learn from that very expensive education that I paid for. And I feel like we kind of get conditioned to believe that the only stuff that matters is the stuff we learn in school. Right. But there's so many lessons out there that you don't learn in school and that nobody prepares you for until you're just kind of in them. And then, and then you're kind of floundering around looking for some way out. So that was kind of what inspired me to write that this um, sh short book, I guess it's, it's a short, it's a much short, much shorter than a novel, but just, I wanted to share those lessons that I had to learn the hard way. And maybe somebody can at least have an idea of how to move forward after school and not 
not get themselves into so much trouble. Mm -hmm. Keep writing, please. <laughs> Thank you. And I have a quote for you. Um, it's from Anon is Anon. So relationships are like glass. Sometimes it's better to leave them broken than to hurt yourself putting it back together. Do you agree with that? And what is your perspective on it? I love that. Um, I think that one of the things that we're taught in a lot of ways is that we need to fix everything and that by not fixing a relationship, whether that means getting a divorce or breaking up or whatever, that that's some sort of a failure. And that's not true. And that was one of the things when I was trying to leave my abusive relationship, I was married. And so I was needing to go through the legal process of getting divorced in order to save myself and put myself back on this, on a, on a better track. And I had lots of people who didn't know what they were talking about and would say things like, well, you were only married for a year. Like, don't you think you should work it out? And don't you want to work on it? And, you know, really treating it like it was some failure on my part that I was just letting things go and letting, letting all of this history fall apart and all of that stuff. But in, I, needed to leave that glass on the floor because my I am in such a healthier better place now you know and so sometimes things aren't worth fixing and it's hard to remember that and it's hard to let yourself believe that for sure but the glass needs to stay on the floor because it's it's dangerous and just let it go there's no point in trying to fix something that's that's only going to hurt you I love your answer. Perfect. What is your mission? My mission in a perfect world would be to help educate other young women so that they are never in the situation where they have to worry about any of the things that I had to worry about. You know, I, I wish that someone had taught me way back when I was just starting to date so that I never ended up in this situation, but no one did. So I spent 15 years with this man, whereas now I'm hoping that I can teach somebody early on so that they recognize it right away and can say, nope, not for me, and never spend a day in that relationship. And so in a perfect world, my mission would be to prevent other people from becoming victims at all but since it's not a perfect world I just want to support anyone that is in that situation or it does find themselves in that situation and know that they're not alone mm -hmm. and how can parents help their kids Nina don't be afraid to talk about these things I think that we have this fear of if we talk about it, that makes it real. And, you know, I don't want to scare them or something like that, but it's already real. And they're already, they're going to date, they're going to get themselves into situations. So at least if you prepare them ahead of time, they can protect themselves. Whereas if we don't talk about it and they don't know, they end up in situations that are much worse than even probably what you imagined and what you were scared of talking about it, talking about with them. So my advice for parents is start early. Teach your kids what a toxic relationship is, 
without the romantic aspect, you know, teach them that they can have toxic friends, teach them that they can have toxic bosses someday, you know, you can be in toxic, you can have toxic colleagues, you can have all sorts of toxic relationships. So teach them what that is, and then they can apply that lesson to romantic relationships when they get to that point. Don't be afraid to tell them that, you know, toxic relationships come in all shapes, sizes, and forms. It can be, you know, a man, it can be a woman, it can be somebody that you've known for a really, really long time. And that that doesn't, doesn't matter. It can become a toxic relationship whenever it's no longer healthy and to you. So I think that's where I would suggest people start is just with the, with their kids when they're young, teach them what that, what that toxicness is so that they can apply it however they need to in their life. Excellent. And Nina, where can we find you? And of course, your two books. So you can find me on Amazon. Um, I have my author page on there, Nina Corcoran, and my website is ninacorcoran.com. And you can find me on social media at Nina Corcoran as well. Um, and just remember that I spell my name a little weird. So there's an E in there that shouldn't be. <laughs> yes. And what's next for you? Uh, hopefully in October, you'll see a third book for me. My second novel will be out and that's going to be called A Picture Worth a Thousand Words. And that one focuses a little bit more on cyberbullying and rumors, rumors getting spread. Okay. So you have to come back. <laughs> I will have to come back. We can chat about that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you very much for your participation. And I'm sure many of our listeners will be very interested about seeing your page and also about your books. Keep doing this amazing work. Don't stop writing and tell kids and the dogs to go for a walk. <laughs> Yep. We'll have to send them outside so I can write some more. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember... Relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.